Well, hi. This is Lullabies for Parents with Rosie Thomas. I'm your host, Rosie Thomas. You know what I want to talk about? You know what I talk about, Shoop? What's up? Anxiety. Yes. I know. Oh, yeah. Yep. Anxiety. Parent anxiety. Maybe some depression talk. I don't know. Two go hand in hand sometimes. You know. Let's talk about it. Don't be anxious about being anxious. That makes sense? Don't be anxious about being anxious. So, are we ever free of anxiety? I mean, some people, good on them. That must be, must be nice. But I think a lot of people do struggle with it, especially parents. And uh, I kind of want to give a bit of a, of a different look at it. Because a lot of people will say, I'm free, I'm done with anxiety. <laughs> I'm done with it. And like, well, maybe we're not supposed to be. Maybe we're not supposed to be. Hold on a second. What? Why is it there? Right? Why is it showing up in the first place? Is it... It's sort of like you can look at it in different ways. Sometimes it would say, Is it the Grim Reaper? Or, ready for this? What if it's a loving friend? <laughs> wow. What if it's a loving friend? Hold on a minute, yeah? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain. What if it's there... What if it's trying to tell you something? Mm. What if it's trying to tell you something? That you've been ignoring? What if it's trying to say, hey, maybe something needs to change? What if it's actually your friend? What if you, instead of thinking it as this thing to run from, uh, something actually to invite in? I know it sounds crazy. It's crazy talk. (laughs) I'm going to give you an example. Ready? Okay, when I was living in New York City... Shoop remembers this because he went through it with me. It was an awesome time. I was casual. I was just after, um, what was it after? It was after the uh, Sufjan Christmas tour. It was really fun. And then it all ended. I said goodbye to all the friends that I had been around for a long time. Got off the tour bus, went back to my apartment. And one morning I woke up and I was taking a walk. And on that walk, I had a panic attack. I've never had one before like that. And it scared, it scared, it scared me. And I said, what's going on, Rosie? Oh my gosh, are you losing courage? Like, wh- why are you, why are you, ha- why is this happening? And then I got scared, then it became a bit of panic disorder, fear of the fear of it happening again. It was, it was a, bu- it was a, it was a butt time. It's just a bummer of a time. But... <clears throat> I kept trying to investigate it. And here's what would show up. I would say, "What's this, these are the words that would show up for me. What's wrong with you, Rosie? What happened to you, Rosie? Why are you becoming an anxious person? Why do you have a panic attack? You used to be so courageous. Then I was thinking about, oh my gosh, if I had to play a show, I might have a panic attack on stage. Oh no, what would I do? What would I do? It took me years to get to the bottom of this. I wish it, it hadn't. But I started doing the investigation work and I'd ask friends, why did I have it? What's this mean about myself? And I just sat in that for so long, so disappointed in myself and embarrassed and ashamed. I didn't want to tell people about it. Even though I wear my heart on my sleeve, 
for some reason, it was so hard for me, the girl that's always felt so brave, to tell my friends that girl lost her bravery. Because that's how I saw it, you know? I lost my bravery. I became afraid. I became pretty afraid. Afraid of having another one. Afraid of what it meant. Afraid I was falling apart. Um, afraid I couldn't continue doing what I was doing, you know? But guess what? Then I started to see it differently because I listened to Richard Rohr, especially his uh, book, Falling Upward, which is such an amazing book. But here's what Richard Rohr said, and I heard it on a podcast, and guess what happened when I heard it? You know what happened, Shoop? Hmm. I started bawling like a babe. I'm not kidding. Bawling like a newborn in the backyard. And here's what he says. <laughs> Like a, like a newborn in the backyard. The, just leaving a newborn out in the backyard all by itself. It's fine. But I started, yeah, I started bawling. And he talked about, and I'm paraphrasing here, of course. From the moment we're born into probably our 20s, we live solely by our ego. Pretty much our ego is just running the show. It's all about me, 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 me. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I mean, we're taking it all in, taking life in for the first time, you know, taking in information. We have tons of questions. We're young. We're excited. We're curious about ourselves, about life. It's natural that we're that way at that time, you know. We wonder, who will I become? What will I do with my life? Taking in everything, asking questions, so many questions. Who will I marry? Will I even get married? Will I fall in love? Will someone fall in love with me? Where will I live? What friends will I have and make? What kind of impact will I make? Will my dreams come true? Will I leave a mark? My mark? Bunch, a bunch of stuff all about self. But at some point, he says in our 30s to mid-30s, maybe even for some mid-40s, you'll start to feel a tug. You'll start to feel unfulfilled. And you'll wonder why. And I think it's because our ego starts to die as our heart grows and grows as we become wiser and fuller. It's, um, it's like there's friction, you know, between the ego and the heart, you know. And your life starts to become less about you and more about others. Less about taking and more about giving. Because we've grown in wisdom, for the first time, you know, we actually have something to give back, to offer. Uh, tools are about for the very first time when we never had. Answers, not just questions for people, you know. And I think what Richard Rohr is trying to get at is when the heart starts to grow and the friction starts to happen, like the heart's outgrowing the ego, um, it's and you know, it might tug at first something starts to feel unfulfilling and you can't figure it out and the tug gets louder and you ignore it again and then he says that if you're really lucky it'll show up even louder to get your attention and it may show up in the form of depression or anxiety or a panic attack and then you might start to unravel right and come undone and you're like what's happening to me what's happening to me and he talked about that maybe if we're, hear my words here, if we're brave enough to listen to what's going on, if we're brave enough to come undone, 
if we're brave enough to fall down and look at it, be curious about it, why is it happening? Are you ready for this part? If we're brave enough to listen to it, why is this happening, and investigate it, rather than seeing it as, oh no, um, I'm falling apart for no reason. But what if we're falling apart for a reason? And here's what Richard Rohr says. If we're brave enough to listen to our heart or that tug, if we're brave enough to let ourselves fall apart, then we maybe get ready. If you're driving, pull over. You might start bawling like a newbie. <laughs> we may be on the verge of our greatest calling. What? We may be on, you may be on the verge of your greatest calling. That's profound. That's why I started bawling. Because maybe I had it all wrong, you see. Maybe in New York, waltzing down the street, it was the winter, it was cold out. I, had a, I was all bundled up, real cute. Maybe that panic attack I had wasn't because I wasn't, I, I was falling apart. Maybe it's that for years I wasn't listening to what my heart was telling me. What if it was that? And it finally got so loud, like your kid tugging on your pant leg. Look at me, look at me. Do you see me? Listen to me, see me. And I wouldn't, and I kept denying it. I kept ignoring it. I wouldn't do that to my kid. You know, I don't, mama can't see you right now. You know, I would listen, but to myself, because we're not the kindest to ourselves, right? So what if for years, my heart, little Rosie, little cutesies, was tugging on my pant leg. Hey, listen up. Something needs to change. Something needs to change. Something needs to change. But I kept ignoring it. Why? Because it's very hard to think, especially with my career, when you're doing what you love because you were you know, that was my that was my whole goal in life. Play music for people, write songs, make a difference, impact other people's lives, <clears throat> excuse me, through music and singing and pretty songs, and sad songs, being funny and silly. That was my plan for the rest of my life. But what if, what if something in me was changing? What if I was growing? What if I was growing out of that? What if I was being pulled to something larger because I had grown? What if that wasn't enough anymore? I couldn't see it at the time. You see, I thought, I can't give up on this. This was my plan. This was my biggest dream, my whole life. But what if I wasn't listening to my heart? So I kept tugging and tugging and tugging until a panic attack happened, until it got my attention. I think that's what it was, you guys. That's why I think sometimes anxiety can be your friend because I think sometimes it shows up to get our attention, to say something needs to change. Something needs to be let go of. Something needs to be transformed. But it was something, you know, I couldn't put it together. But it was basically that something was growing in me larger than just playing music. And I wasn't listening to that. I was actually afraid of letting go. So the most courageous thing I did, took me a long time, was to figure out that that needed to kind of die. I needed to let go of it. And it was Richard Rohr talking about that very thing that made me start bursting up and bawling like a newbie. 
and I saw it for the first time. The light bulb went off. This was actually, it was actually there to help me, right? It was actually there loving me. Rosie, there's more to you now. There was so much more of me to lend, and I didn't know that yet, you know. I didn't know what that was yet. I wasn't giving myself that credit in a way. It's a fuller you. And I was not utilizing all of myself anymore. Perhaps I was in my 20s. That was all I probably had. That was probably it. Playing music, making people laugh, being cute on stage. That was so cute. Still cute. But I grew. I grew. You know, the prior, the former Rosie was brave and and, and willing and it, it was a, an open anything. And yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And this Rosie was, no, thank you. No, I'm good. How can I find a way out? But, so I, yeah, I, it, it really, um, it hurt, hurt me. But I'm glad it did. Because what's come out of that is actually, the truth is, a braver me. This is actually me being brave. That other gal, I mean, she was being as brave as she could in her 20s. I give her so much credit, and it took all of that push that I gave myself then to, be, to get to, to this me now. So I'm thankful for her. But she needed to also be let off the hook. She was crying out to say, when, when will it ever be enough? That sounds funny to say, but I sort of felt that I had to uh, embrace her, the former her, me, Rosie. I'll say with me to the R Rosie now and go, what do you want to do? What do we both want to do now? Sorry for all the pressure. Let's not live that way anymore. Let's throw out the pressure. Let's throw out the false motivation. Let's throw out the crap. Let's just live. Let's li live in joy. Let's try to stay here. What, what brings you joy? Because if, if you can stay here, then it might bring a lot of other people joy too. If you're enjoying this podcast, uh, like I am, uh, please take a quick sec. See, it's quick. I didn't even take time to finish the word second. Just believed it. Anyways, take a quick sec and tell some people about the show. This awesome show. Leave a rating review at Apple Podcasts. Casts. Apple Podcasts. It's... <laughs> <laughs> can't get the tea in there. Yeah. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Moving on, <laughs> check out Lullabies for Parents Volume 1 on Bandcamp or wherever you stream music. And follow me on Instagram at Rosie Thomas Official, Twitter and YouTube at Rosie Thomas LFP. That's L <laughs> thin. Looney Tunes. F. I'm just gonna follow my gut here. F is in gut. follow your gut. <laughs> P is in uh, patchouli. Oh, 
Let's listen. Oh, then listen. I'll stay. Uh, it's a nice P sentence. P as in stay out of it, Jeff. <laughs> P as in po 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 pollo. El pollo. <laughs> <laughs> and send in your questions to Ask Rosie L F P. That's L as in loose change. F as in follow your heart and P as in push the cart further pushing push yourself further nope I mean you should do that <laughs> the, that those are all terrible at gmail.com and there's Say more it all together real quick okay and send your questions to ask Rosie LFP at gmail.com. Yes. Okay, sorry. Rosie, you were saying something, weren't you? Something awesome, I think. Take it away, Rosie. So, that's my story about how I see anxiety sometimes being actually a friend. And that's my story. I get it. It's not your story. But... <clears throat> So maybe for you, if you're going through parent anxiety or just anxiety in general in life, I want you to kind of see it differently. Like I can't stand that this culture, it, it's sort of like depression or anxiety is, you know, we're all trying to run from it, right? To be free of it. And, and it, we're better without it. And we're cooler without it. Or maybe it's for a bunch of losers. Untrue. Untrue. Being a person is hard. Being a parent is very hard. And along with that, you're going to feel down. You're going to feel trapped. You're going to feel anxious. And anybody trying to tell you to feel anything otherwise, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're not being honest with themselves, in my opinion. I really believe that. Um, it's not... <laughs> You're not a loser because you feel down or anxious. You're a person going through life, and life is hard. Um, sometimes I think we call it hardship. You know, we're all trying to run from hardship. Why? Because it's sometimes in the hard that we transform, we change, that, you know, we transition, grow. Maybe the hardship is actually good ship. Just throwing it out there. I'm the hard ship. Lolly. That doesn't work. It's the good ship. Lolly. That's great. Maybe it's actually, it's not hardship. It's good ship. It's good ship. That's some good ship. That's some good ship right there. Okay. Put that in your pocket. Cash that. Money order. Cash it. <laughs> But do we share it or do we hide it when we're anxious and depressed? Is it beneficial to others when we share it? You bet your butt. Or just try to get past it. Right. Or, or yeah, get, ignore like, it. Or shove it down, whatever. Take this Not anxiety and shove it. Don't. Listen to it. Listen to it. Maybe it's trying to tell you something. Maybe something has to change as a parent. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and, and, and you're not giving yourself permission to go back to work. You know, or maybe you're a working mom or dad 
and you just want to be home with your kids and you're not giving yourself permission to do that, you know? But something needs to change. That's how I see it. And I don't see it as the Grim Reaper. You see, I, I now see it as a, a buddy trying to tell you something, something good. Something good's on the horizon, If you, I believe, if you listen to it instead of running from it, you know. <laughs> Don't ignore it, is my point. Don't try to hide it from others. You'd be amazed at how many people uh, struggle with that. And I don't know why on earth we try to hide it or run from it. I see it all the time. Just people trying to be free of this stuff, and I, I guess I see it differently. It's, I wish I had seen that sooner. Instead of trying to run from it, instead of these uh, bad thoughts I give myself. Rosie, what's wrong with you? What was wrong with me is I wasn't listening. Do you know? Wasn't listening to that tug on my pant leg for years. I kept touring. I kept doing the same thing. And then what needed to happen was change. Change needed to happen. And it was getting pregnant that changed everything for me. And it wasn't an easy change. It wasn't the change I was looking for. Oh, my gosh. You know? Because it necessarily got all up in your way and made you uh, kind of have to, really. yeah, have to let everything go. And you know what? I will admit that I use that as, um, I use that, what's the word I'm thinking of, as an excuse. So when friends would come through town touring, I'd be like, I'm going to get back to it, but I'm a, I'm a mom now, nursing. Gotta stay home, but the truth was, I didn't want to. Do, I didn't want to do that life much anymore, and I was hiding behind pregnancies and babies. My friends didn't care. What they cared, especially my, you know, the good friends, cared about what me, what I wanted to do, what made me happy. You know, so I. It forced me to stay home. It forced me to quit touring. It forced me to kind of leave everything for a bit just to stay home and nest. But I hid behind that as an excuse for a bit. But the truth was, I really did want to walk away from stuff. I, it was time to re to reevaluate and do to a lot of self reflection. And I did it, guys. And believe me. None of this is what I had pictured, and I was sad. I was really sad. I, I thought I'd be touring with babies and taking them with me everywhere I went. I wanted those pictures, you know. I wanted those memories and stories, but I had to let it go, and I grieved that pretty hard. And my body was pretty much saying, nope, no more, Rosie. And I didn't want to leave them, and I didn't want to bring them, so I just stayed home. I just stayed home. And at some point, I even tried to play some shows again. And I brought the kids, and the pictures were cute. But the truth was, they wanted to go home <laughs> every time. And the truth also was, it still felt unfulfilling. And I wanted to figure out why. Why, you know? So I just wanted to go home too. I definitely didn't want to miss out on them for the sake of me, you know, for all the wrong reasons too, just so I could continue to do 
what I'd always done, neglecting the fact that there was no longer joy in it. There had to be another way. I was broken, and I was finally listening. I was finally willing to find it an another way. And the bigger truth was, I was loving staying home. I was loving it. I was loving being home with, with, with my baby, and then another baby, and another baby. I loved it. It was the first time in a long time I was doing what I loved. It was letting yourself do it. Letting myself do it. it was, oh my man, it was beautiful. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. And then I started to think, this is what life's, this is what you're supposed to feel like, this right here. You're carrying what you want to carry. What else do you want to carry? And the song started, and I started going, and that's where I started from. That's when I started figuring out how to trust my gut. And it was time. It was time for me to stop abandoning my true self, my now self, and see what my heart was now longing for, you know? Like, what were my heart's desires now? And you know what? For a girl who was ashamed and embarrassed to lose her bravery, as I really, really was, I was so afraid to tell people that. Because I felt it was one thing people counted on me for, or the thing I counted on me for. Well, just so turns out, by me letting it all go, that was the bravest thing I think I've ever done. Truly. This has been my dream, you know, playing music, writing. It was my dream since I was a little kid. Like a little kid. That's all I thought about. I wrote songs even then. The first one was called Just a Walk in the Park. Just, just... Yeah, thanks. It was, uh, I, yeah, I think it was eleven. So I'll, life's just a walk. Life's just a walk in the park. Um, I mean, this has been my dream my whole life, and I let it go. And that was not easy to lay down, no way, or walk away from. But I, but I did, because I had to. And it wasn't easy. I mean, I, I loved being the singer-songwriter, the stand-up comedian, the brave girl. I loved the resume, the identity in it. I loved impressing others. But I realized um, all of that was empty, and I needed to find another reason and another way. And you know what? God was so good to me then because you know what he did? He, he brought along kids. And these kids changed my life. They inspired me. My heart was fulfilled, you know. And so I started there. Like, I felt fulfilled, right? I hadn't felt that feeling in a while. It, it felt easy and light. So I started there and I said, well, what else feels this way? I started to take time to figure that out. You know, no longer living from pressure to pressure, 
from success to success, climbing some ladder that led to nowhere. I mean, nowhere. I mean, there's nothing up there anyway. The more climb, <laughs> it's exhausting and it's it's silly and it's empty. It's what, what's the word? Worthless? Meaningless? You know. That that wasn't my heart's desire. My heart's desire was to help people and love people and move people and, and um, relate to people and encourage people. I started losing my way, you know, and it, it was like God was tugging on my pant leg, you know. You turned the wrong corner. Turn back. We gotta, we gotta fix, we gotta fine tune you. We gotta fix some things up. We gotta let some things go, you know. It wasn't about impressing others anymore. My gosh, what is that? Or it couldn't be about high expectations after high expectations or all the shoulds. I, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. It had to be about wants, longings, passions, inspiration, and my actual desires. really love and it had been a long time since I really understood what that really felt like and it was guess what it was easy stuff that came naturally and it was stuff I actually really really enjoyed it was that simple I made it so much more complicated than that it was awesome to figure that out I, I hate to say this, it didn't come overnight. I hate to tell you that, because it's nice when things, you know, there's a quick turnaround, but the good stuff, the real good stuff, the real meat, the real life-changing stuff is not usually a quick turnaround. But man, it's worth the wait, you know. There's a quote by um, a man named Russ Hudson, an author, and he says, if we can be present in our discomfort... If we can be present in our discomfort without identifying with it or trying to get away from it, you ready? We transform. Whew! Got a little misty-eyed. I'm feeling it. If we can be present in our discomfort without identifying with it, which is what I was trying to do. What's wrong with me? What happened to me? I used to be so brave. Everyone loved me for that. You know, I felt admired for that. But if we can be present in our discomfort without identifying with it, trying to get away from it, we transform. Wow. So what's your anxiety trying to say to you? What's it trying to teach you? You know? Maybe you can look at it that way today. What's it trying to teach you as a parent? Why are you feeling anxious, my friend? Do you need to let things go? Take the pressure off? Need to carry less of your of the load you're carrying? Do you need to give, give yourself some more space? Um, alone time? Do you need to change stuff? Do you need to get breaks from the kids more? What is it for you? Talk about it with your friends. 
Remember, you need good friends for this stuff. Don't hide it. Because what happens when we hide it? We, can't con we don't connect with others. Don't hide it. Don't hide your anxiety or depression. Talk about it. Speak up about it. Get loud and proud about it. Because it may be that that's about to transform your life if you're willing to look at it. Okay? That's for everybody, really. But I know parents struggle with that pretty big time. Always trying to get it right. Always wanting to make it count. Are we doing the best we can? Oh my gosh, am I screwing up my kids? Am I making this as magical as I can? Because they're only going to be with me for so long. Which maybe not. They could live with you till they're 40. That, I mean... Right now, I, I would accept that. <laughs> I would. Don't leave. Stay here. You're safe with me. I'll, I'll feed you. Don't get a job. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't get married. Stay here. Let me, let me love you forever and ever. Amen. But no, we're to raise them to leave the nest. Maybe that's making you anxious. You want it to all to count. It's counting, I promise. It's counting. It's all, it all counts. The good and the bad, the anxious days, the depressing days, the happy days, it all counts. It's being a person. Trying to get through, you know, this life and parenting with no manual ever given. Trying to figure it out as you go. Grace, compassion, invite it in, listen to it. Ask yourself, am I living out my truest self so that my kiddos learn how to live out their truest selves too? Maybe it's not as heavy as they think. Maybe it's not so hard. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's good for you. That's why it's showing up, right? Like a good pal. And, and I want to challenge you on something, all right? So when things like this show up in your head, like, I'm not capable, or what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I want you to fix it by saying this instead. It's not that I'm not capable, but I'm not capable of living this life and these pressures anymore. That's what I'm not capable of. So what do I need to change? Or instead of saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I'm coming undone. I'm falling apart. I'm anxious. Or what happened to my bravery? What I want you to say instead is, what's wrong with me is I think I stopped listening to myself a long time ago. That's what's wrong. Okay? Replace that. Replace the way you talk to yourself. Because, boy, I'm, I talk to myself pretty terribly. And I'm starting to replace it with better truths, you know? It's not that I'm not capable. I'm just not capable of living a life that I've outgrown, you know? There's nothing wrong with me. The only thing wrong with me is I, I wasn't listening I was too afraid to let it all go. You know, I, I, I liked, 
I liked what I I liked what I was I was my dream. I I I I liked it. I I loved it. I didn't want it. I wanted it to stay. I didn't want it to go away. But it was time for something to change, you know. So the only thing that was wrong with me is I was afraid to let it go. I promise you, if you have the bravery to let it go, it may be your chance. Um, like it has been for me. This has been, by, by doing that, by having the bravery to do it, it took a long time to figure out. It, was, it became my chance to be my all, all, all of who I am now. The fullest me, the fuller version of me. And you know what I found out? It, it's not like it, you know, there are just certain things that had to change. Like, I had to figure that out. What had to change for me was the pressure and the motivation mostly behind it all. It, you know, so for you, it may not be an entire overhaul, you know, of everything, just a cleanup in a way. Like for me, it all came back, but for all the right reasons, you know, it was less about proving myself. And I got back to the real heart of why I wanted to do it in the first place, which is to helping others. It was less about, look at me. It was like, look at us. It's less about getting applause and more about applauding you or each other, you know? And once I got that right, you know, it kind of all came back, but even better. Sometimes it's just pausing to fine-tune. And sometimes you have to let it all go to get it all back. But a be better back. Better back? Better back. <laughs> better version of it, you know. Yeah, being willing to shake the Etch-A-Sketch. Ooh, that's really... That's cool. Mm-hmm. Aren't you cool? Right off the top of the head. Cool. It's really clever. Yeah. And really, I mean, I was ready to let it all go. As I wasn't, it wasn't serving me. It wasn't bringing me joy anymore. But what I realized is once I fixed a couple of things, a lot of heart things, um, pressure things, I, it all came back. The writing came back. The passion came back. The joy came back. The inspiration came back in a brighter way. It was carry, carryable. Carryable. <laughs> carryable. <laughs> <laughs> I could carry it. It was lighter. You know. Yeah, I mean. I can remove a lot of stuff. Because, yeah, I mean, you got rid of some things along the way. It was just some, mm -hmm. some baloney you had picked up that you jettison off the balloon mix in all kinds of metaphors wow but yeah you don't need that it does it it didn't have to be a wholesale change in right. the end but i think that's important to say that to to <clears throat> see it clearly you yeah, had to like i had to ditch clean it clean out the room sometimes when you're cleaning and organizing you have to make a big mess move it all out and then figure out what what parts come back in. Mm -hmm. um, I still like this. We can keep that couch. Um, uh, I'm going to add these new things. But other stuff, it doesn't all go back. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it came back in. And a lot of it I left out on the, the lawn. 
Um, but you swept under the <laughs> under the <laughs> under the couch after you moved it. You couldn't do a deep oh, clean. Oh, right. Yes, a lot it. of dirt and crap <laughs> under there. But I I think it's important to say because for for all of us, it really may not be that everything has to go. Right. You know, it's just just it's just re re uh, finding out. Uh, oh, the motivation behind it. What crap came in your head along the way? What pressures came along the way? Where did you get lost in it? You know, and sort of purifying it, really. Finding the purity in it again is what I needed. And once I found th- the pure reason why I ever wanted to do this in the first place, once I found that again, oddly enough, it all came back. Uh, lots, yeah. I sh- I'll take out the word all. <laughs> a good, a good amount came back, and the amount that s- sucked, it's it's out on the curb, where it belongs. Anybody cup? No one's picking it up. No one even wants it. It's been out there for years. This crap. Couldn't even sell in a garage sale. Wouldn't that be terrible to sell ter- like? My misery. To <laughs> <laughs> Who wants it? To- toxic motivation. <laughs> ah, a dollar. No one? Anyone? Nope. I want that for you, too. So bad. I mean, not the toxic motivations. <laughs> not that. But taking time to rediscover what still brings you joy. And what needs to go. I want that for you. Okay? I love you. That's why I want that for you. (laughs) I want you to feel light and full at the same time. That's heavy as a heavy, heavy, what would that be? Heavy light. Yeah, just a a light heaviness. (laughs) (laughs) But I want that for you. I want you to live your fullest life. Man, dang it. That's, I mean, the impact you would have living that, awesome, that's that's awesome for everybody. It's awesome for everybody, and, and especially you. I want that for you. I want that for you. So examine. See what your anxiety is saying. See what needs to be let go of. You don't have to impress anybody. Just be you. I'm impressed by being by people being you them, they. <laughs> <laughs> Me. You them they. All everyone. It's impressive enough just to be ourselves. That's why. That's all I wanted to say today. Don't be anxious about being anxious. Talk about it. You're doing the best you can. Don't be so hard on yourself. Hardship might actually be good ship. That's some good ship right there. This is Rosie T saying see you next time I'm the good I'm that's the good shit life life 
writer am I? <laughs> I couldn't even finish that. Singer-songwriter. Wow. No wonder I was... I don't know. I no. Wow. No wonder it was time to change. Maybe I needed to Maybe. reassess this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. <laughs>